Talk rubbish, boy. This is not the place, nor the time. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network, and to find more from us, check out the website, themaindamien.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at themaindamien. We are also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me today is Dan Aquino. Say hello, Dan. Hey, and good to have you back. Yes, I went back and I listened to the episode you did without me, and some of the remarks that Mark had made him promptly fired, so he is not with us any longer. It's surprising it took this long. (laughs) Now, Mark was feeling under the weather, so he told us to uh, soldier on without him, and soldier on we will. But Dan... This week, I don't think we have anything to talk about in terms of movies we've watched, do we? Uh, not that I'm aware of. And we had a little lengthy discussion about something coming out. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are you, of course, talking about Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, whatever it's called? Oh, that I can't wait for. That's the, <laughs> that's the movie I really... That's I'll care about the reviews about that. <laughs> I think I told you the story where I saw Godzilla King of the Monsters, and I'm walking into the theater wearing my Godzilla 1985 shirt, and this guy walks out, and he says, oh, turn around if I were you. <laughs> oh, no, man. Nothing could stop me from seeing these movies. I, I know they're not going to be good movies. I don't go for good movies. I go for hot monster-on-monster action. <laughs> so is, like, now with everybody getting vaccines and stuff like that, things are opening back up. Are you are you hoping to see the new Godzilla Kong movie in theaters, or...? I'm 90% sure I'm going to go to the theater to see it. I'm asking around fam- like family members to see if they want to try to rent a theater. Mm-hmm. Or if I'll just, you know what, like I might just brave the apocalypse gotcha. for this movie. You know, if I'm going to go out, it's going to be for this movie. <laughs> I wish I could say that I have a movie that's upcoming that I'm like, all right, that's that's the one. That's the one where I'm going to brave the elements to go see it there's nothing on the on the docket coming up that i'm just like you know what i can't not see that in theaters yeah i i think and again if i if i were you know god forbid obviously if i were to go out and they were it were this movie i think a lot of people would probably question my uh <laughs> my intelligence but yeah i mean this is something you know we've we covered the uh the 1964 king kong vs godzilla on this podcast go check it out if you haven't and you know how much I loved it. And the trailers have all pretty much given away the movie. But <laughs> it looks really cool. I, I mean, both monsters look awesome. Uh, it looks like there's going to be a lot of fighting. And that's all I care about. So if someone wants to come with me and watch it, awesome. If if not, I'll drag my wife to see it and we'll uh, we'll go out together. I'm going to have her uh, I'm going to have her buried at the foot of my coffin. Just, just like uh, Burns and Smithers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there is one shitty thing that uh, my wife has made me watch on Netflix. It's called Marriage or Mortgage. Hmm. So it's sort of a combination of like House Hunters and Say Yes to the Dress. Okay. It is basically a real estate agent and a wedding planner in Nashville. They meet with a couple, and the couple has a certain amount of money to spend. And they get to spend it on... A wedding or a down payment for a house? I feel like that's an obvious answer. You would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. A house, right? Down payment on a yes, house. But we're Start both your... married, so. Yeah. <laughs> Start your future, elope if you have to, and, you know, put that investment towards an investment, not a, a party, essentially. However, yeah. most of these couples pick the wedding. And what's hilarious, sort of hilarious for me, they must have shot this around February of 2020. Okay. <laughs> so, so everybody that picks the wedding, it comes with a title card is like, due to COVID, they had to scale back their wedding. <laughs> right. Yeah. That uh, there were so many upset upset brides in 2020, man. Yeah. I know I mean, a couple of people that were that had to postpone their weddings. Yeah. I know I know a few people. Yeah. And for those people, my heart goes out to them. But the people that chose that over a house and then they get fucked like that that's kind of funny to me <laughs> right that's that's so like prophetic right yeah. i love it because <laughs> my wife and i we got into the argument like every now and then i would bring up well we could have an extra x amount of money but someone had to get married 
and then uh, it never ends well for me. So don't don't do that, guys. Yeah, that's usually probably not a great great way to to start off the morning. <laughs> it's like the first thing you say to her on a Saturday morning. It's like, oh great, this is what my weekend is. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish we could go out for uh, breakfast, but we had to go get go and get married. <laughs> Now, it's uh yeah I don't I'll never understand it uh, I think if you had a low key wedding it's just as effective as having a yeah. grand wedding yeah and I had a great time at your wedding I had a great time at my yes. wedding yeah well, I think both weddings were phenomenal yeah but if if you're like if it's gun to your head time which essentially this show is I guess <laughs> you, you pick the house especially yeah. when these people are talking about oh it's my dream house it's like idiot. <laughs> Right. Now, is there a is there kind of a level of privilege with a lot of these people? They seem to I mean, the they're talking about like four hundred fifty thousand dollar houses a lot of the time. But like the, the down payments are like six percent down or so. So right. I don't really know. I don't really know. Like they're really nice houses. So I don't really know where they're coming from in terms of that. It is Nashville. So, you know. They're buying their their four hundred fifty thousand dollars is getting them like thirty five hundred hundred square feet. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably like a mansion up in uh, yeah. the northeast. Yeah. So that's a that's the shitty thing I've been watching. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I mean, we're we're really just still working on getting this house into livable shape. So it's like every night it's like, well, let's let's put this together, mm-hmm. and then the next night it's uh, let's go put this together. It's um, just assembly time at yeah. the, uh, the the del vecchios exactly so we i think we've we've more or less gotten ahead of everything we still have to put a chicken coop together we're not going to get into that on the podcast but <laughs> that's I in time it. we got a couple of like outdoor furniture pieces that were broken when they got delivered so we have to wait for the replacement pieces so we put those together but the stationary bike is together the bookshelf is together we're we're getting there we're getting there. Okay. Well, real quick, I, I have something, just like a real quick topic, and this is something we kind of we spoke about in brief a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we're talking about, like, since we're kind of nearing the end of the pandemic, hopefully people are getting vaccinated. What was one thing that was kind of ruined for you during the pandemic, or like, what's one thing that just like you you saw over and over again? You're like, I don't need to see this anymore. That's a good question. Hmm. Ah, uh, wow. I don't know what the answer to that question is. What, where, where are you coming from with that? Well, the, the reason I brought it up is because I think I think I I talked to the group about this where I said Seth Rogen's vase making. Okay. Where it was just like every day it was like a new vase was made, a new vase. <laughs> however you pronounce it, a new vase. I'm like here, here's a vase that I made, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But then like day fifty. Like, oh, my God, this guy must be, like, drowning in weed and vases. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of creepy, man. Yeah. I mean, I can't really say, because I, I, I would say that I probably come from a privilege and a- aspect of that. My life, for the most part, and maybe you feel the same way, ne- didn't really change as much as some other people's lives have changed. We can't go out to eat, which is something that, you know, me and my wife liked to do ever so often on occasion. And that kind of sucks. So we've been ordering out, which isn't quite the same. But that's really it. It's like I I don't hate working from home. I mean, I'm working from home. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, I I don't think the only thing that changed was going to the movies. That yeah. was it. I, I mean, do miss you, that. You and I would go not together, but we would go like every weekend. Yeah. So at the, the beginning of the pandemic, I was unemployed. I got laid off right before it. 
Um, so I wound up, the one thing is I did get into a routine of going to the gym at least four times a week, which was nice. <laughs> Finally yeah. got into it. And then the movies, I'd go like Friday mornings. I'd go to the movies on Friday morning and then have the rest of the day to myself. So yeah, those were two things that I do miss that affect that were affected by COVID. But yeah, but otherwise my wife is here with me. So I'm one of those people that don't, you know, I'm not sitting in, in my house alone by myself, which is um, uh, unfortunately a lot of people can't say that. Uh, people in, you know, urban areas are probably feel more stuck in their houses than people like us. So I really can't say that this pandemic was that much of an inconvenience to me besides not getting to go to the movies. I, I've, I found myself the other day because traffic has started to build up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I found myself saying like, God damn it, this sucks. I wish it would go back. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's bad. Because like, I, I, I enjoyed there was like no traffic. Now all of a sudden there's traffic. Sons of bitches. Stay home. <laughs> yeah, I will say that it's it's been uh, I, I wish I could see my parents more, you know. Yeah, one thing that makes for sure. Yeah, I guess that's all we're going to talk about top of the show. So we're going to take a quick break, listen to some ads, and then we'll be right back with this week's movie. So we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was my pick. And, you know, those are always interesting. So this week I was hearing and reading a lot of things online by people that like shitty movies. And I've heard of this one movie. And that movie is Cruel Jaws. And I, as well as Dan, is a huge fan of Jaws. So this one kind of stuck out to me. And it did not disappoint whatsoever, as far as I'm concerned. So, Dan, I want to go to you. Where are you coming from with Cruel Jaws? I think this is the first movie that confused me. Because there are parts that I really like, and then there are parts I really hate. So I, I don't know whether I'm coming or I'm going with this movie. Clearly, it rips off of Jaws. Yes. Super clearly. And there are just some really funny B line, like B uh, stories, B plots that <laughs> lead nowhere, <laughs> which are great. It's because <laughs> it's just like it makes no sense. It doesn't forward anything, and it doesn't really tell you too much about the characters. But ah, it's it knows that it's ripping off of Jaws. Yep. But then sometimes it's like it's trying to be serious, which is yeah. a detriment to it. <laughs> That's not like I don't understand how to feel. <laughs> Tell me what to feel, movie. Yeah. All I know is it rips off Jaws so much that Peter eventually gets a story by credit. Did he? <laughs> yes, he does. Well, there there is, and we were talking about this before, there's a, a scene in this movie or a couple scenes from in this movie that are ripped from the book mm-hmm. where the mayor is pretty much being pressured by the mafia right. <laughs> to keep the, to keep Amity where I'm just going to say Amity because that's what it is to keep it open. So that's why the mayor is such a prick. So I guess that's why maybe he gets the, the, the credit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was just like, <laughs> it was like, we're going to sue your ass. <laughs> don't. The guy in here is not the mayor, but he's like the richest guy in town. Basically he owns everything. Because there is a mayor in this that's his, like, lackey, basically. He basically owns the mayor. This movie is wild. This movie is, like, just pedal to the metal for 80% of it. It wastes no time. Like, if that, those couple of seconds that make a cut to the next scene feel like a normal cut, this movie does not have that. <laughs> I, I actually think I wrote that. 
did I write it? I thought I did. Like, oh, terrible editing between shark footage and movie footage. <laughs> this is how bad this movie was. I actually took notes. I never take notes. <laughs> there are several scenes where, like, the cut steps on the toes of the last piece of dialogue said in the previous scene. It's just mm-hmm. like, end of line and then bam, new scene. And yeah. then a new person talking about something that's completely not related to the thing before it. It's great. We get Hulk Hogan's stunt double as the as the male lead, more or less, or like second second lead. I, that's the other thing. Who's the lead? <laughs> we don't know. Right. It's Billy, but Greg Hood is like seventh listed in the credits. I'm one of my favorite scenes in this movie is it's early on. Dag the cop. No, no. Come, Dag Dag is Hulk Hogan. Oh, is he Hulk Hogan? All right. Who's the the cop? Francis. <laughs> Okay, so the cop comes to shut down the amusement park, right? The sea, like Sea the World, the aquarium, the aquarium, yeah. the backyard comes, aquarium. <laughs> yes, he comes to shut it down, and you would think the reaction would be anger, <laughs> but everyone's like really chummy with the the officer shutting them down. Yeah, like, oh hey, how you doing, Francis? Oh hey, how's uh how's so and so doing? Like, well, wait a minute, this guy's telling you you have to pack up and go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's there's a transition between he's like, sorry, man, I got to shut you down. Like, well, you've always been good to us. It's going to be tough. And then the cop's just like, hey, Billy, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did we miss something here? Just I don't know what happened. There's there's a weird transition there. And it happens right after I think it's Larry is his name. Uh, threatens to rip Sam Lewis's balls off for the first time. <laughs> it's and, and that's kind of the uh, the, the issue with this movie uh when it's ripping off of jaws it's obviously competent but when it tries to go off on its own it's batshit crazy Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of things happening it's very chaotic especially the second half of this movie Mm -hmm. there's just so many things happening i will say that there is a pretty good the regatta scene the shark attack is not bad it's effective that's when there's probably the most kills in the movie right there's like three or four kills in a row yeah and that's yeah. crazy. That that you can't tell what the fuck's going on there. That's what like should have happened in the Meg. Do you remember the Meg? Mm-hmm. When yeah. the, the giant fucking shark invades, I guess spring break. Yeah. And kills nobody. <laughs> Definitely the best spring break scene is still Piranha 3D, right? Piranha 3D, absolutely. That we saw that in theaters, I think. We did. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that, but the, yeah, I mean that has a, an impressive body count. Even this movie had a pretty decent body count, more than Jaws did. Yeah, you just don't get to see a whole lot of it. That's the thing. Right. You get a few, but like, this movie's wild. Like, they introduce the two biggest buffoon mob enforcers ever. Like, a greaser and a Jimmy Buffett fan. <laughs> There's so many moments in this movie. But one of my favorite things... So, for those who have seen Jaws, the whole... The whole shtick of the mayor is that you can't prove that it's a great white shark or it's a killer shark, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to do it in this movie, but everything that happens is so clearly the work of a shark. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, how could you deny this stuff? It, yeah. It's they they really bend over backwards. Like, no, no, definitely not a shark. Like, even <laughs> the beginning, right? Like the the surfer shows up. Like, oh, like, what was it? They do, they pretty much do the autopsy on the beach. Like, oh, it's a shark, for sure a shark. 
And the mayor's like, yeah, that's, you know, definitely a shark. And then they say, oh, well, could have been anything. Like, oh, well, a propeller wouldn't do that. Uh, okay, <laughs> I guess. But it, it's clearly a shark, man. Clearly a shark. <laughs> and someone takes a huge chunk out of a boat. Sharks don't do that. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're really stretching there, man. There was, there was a moment in this movie that I thought we were going to get a really crazy ending. Um, there's that one point where Billy says that it seems like somebody has trained the shark to attack and kill. And yes. then, and then they start talking about the SS Cleveland. Cleveland. The it's a, I guess that takes place the USS Indianapolis. What I thought was going to happen is that we were going to find out that this shark was being transported on the Cleveland as some sort of government experiment to use against other naval forces <laughs> like how badass would that have been that would have been amazing right but nope they just drop it nothing ever happens with that line nope i think that's where uh, deep blue sea got their motivation for <laughs> right like, yeah. oh, I, guys i saw this great movie we gotta copy it <laughs> get samuel l jackson in here it's gonna be great oh man so Cruel Jaws was directed by Bruno Mattei, also known as William Snyder. He is an Italian director known for Shocking Dark, which was originally called Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> also known for Strike Commando, Strike Commando 2, Robo War, Women's Camp 119, Private House of the SS, and some softcore stuff as well. He's got a very long list of movies to his name. Most of them schlocky exploitation movies. Stars David Luther, George Barnes Jr., Scott Silveria, Kirsten Urso, Richard Dew, Greg Hood, Sky Palma, Carter Collins, and Natasha Etzer. IMDb score of 3.2, Rotten Tomato score of 18%, and I couldn't find any budget or box office numbers for it. But I had a great time with this movie. It's it's so silly that it's out of this world. That's As I'm looking at a, a, a vinyl of the Jaws original original soundtrack. It just pays such great homage to the great movie, also known as just stealing things entirely from it. <laughs> right. I was going to say, if you, if you call paying homage stealing, then yes, that's what it's doing. I think for the first half of this movie, I really enjoyed it. But then it just kind of it dragged, because mm. there's obviously, we're going to keep referring to Jaws, you, you know, you have that, the, the final act is Quint, Cooper, and Brody on the, the orca hunting the shark. They do that several times in this movie. Yeah. And at that point, I really stopped caring because I couldn't tell who was doing what. Sure. And they and they hunt with a shotgun. <laughs> they do. No, no harpoons or anything like that. Just shotguns. Yeah, just straight shot. 12 gauge. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, a line from the movie. Yeah, the sheriff at one point is in the helicopter shooting with an assault rifle that is the fakest looking assault rifle ever. The, the scope is closed. Yeah. It's a plastic scope. It's it. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a rubber gun. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote that down. <laughs> shooting a rifle with no scope. It's it's odd. And I was I guess they took a scene. Did, did Jaws 4 come out yet? Yes. So, so apparently this came out in 1995, which bullshit. this man, 1978. 
Yeah. Jen and I kept saying that. She's like, when was this made? Well, it says 95. It's not 95. Well, I mean, that's what it says. <laughs> like, no, they just talked about going to the disco. Oh, yeah. yeah there you're is, right. There is nothing in this movie that indicates this was made later than 1986. So why did they lie? <laughs> like, what do they stand to gain from that? I don't know. Or is it like just lost to time and they made up a <laughs> yeah, 95? Why not? I don't know. It's wild. You want to get into the plot? Sure. All right. What do you got for us this week? I'm going to give a shout out to our friend Tia, uh, as we usually do. You can follow her at TC underscore Stark on Twitter. She hosts a podcast called The Top Ten with Tia. Her and her co-host Brittany get together and they discuss top ten lists. So go follow her there. You could also follow, I think Brittany streams on Twitch, Itty Bitty Britty. I want to make sure I'm getting that right because that's very dangerous to say. Go follow her there. She she games. She's very good. Uh, plays a ton, like Pokemon, stuff like that. Go follow her there. Tia also writes for the for Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, she's the head writer. So go check out some of her articles and, again, just give her a follow. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break, but you are going to listen to some messages from Friends of the Podcast. And we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get into cruel jaws we open with zero foreplay as this movie just sort of starts out of nowhere a group of guys are out on a boat late at night to basically look loot a sunken ship there were top secret navy material aboard the cleveland and that's where they're going as we learn from an incredible actor then we cut to some diving footage that's probably stolen but we don't have any proof as the boat captain gets good and liquored up, the divers dive into a cave within some coral, and then Cruel Jaws shows up and starts <laughs> acting a fool, trying to get at them. I was not expecting you to call it Cruel Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. What else would you call them? I, I always thought that they were just going to say, I, man, now I wish they would like, oh, this, <laughs> this, this fish is cruel. It's as cruel <laughs> as the sea itself. <laughs> what it, what if this movie just referenced Jaws every time? It's like, oh, it's just like that movie Jaws. <laughs> that would have been so much better. It's, just, it's like breaking the fourth wall, it knows. Yeah. Did you see that movie Jaws? Well, this, this is exact, what they did in that movie. This exact thing happened in that movie Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take my mother's roast, like they did in Jaws. <laughs> we're going to try to hook the shark with this. Right? Because it feels like, because they crib so many things... From Jaws, and that's specifically the roast thing. It's like 
if these characters existed, they've seen this. They're getting that tactic from Jaws itself, right? That would be the only explanation. Because <laughs> right? why are why else are they doing it that way? Just every and everybody's got thirty pounds of roast in their in their fridge because it's thawed. <laughs> First of all, that's that's not that's just like they went to the slaughterhouse, butchered themselves a cow. And then that's they just took the cow from yeah. the slaughterhouse to the sea. It's like, oh, this is my mother's roast. No, it isn't. That's a hunk of meat. Some like you just got somewhere. Like entrails dangling off of it. <laughs> it's the worst roast I've ever seen in my life. So the divers dive into a cave, and then after like a minute and a half, the captain gets on the walkie to tell them that they only have about three minutes of air left, uh, which seems like uh, poor planning. Yep. And then some incomprehensible series of shots rapidly cut to mask the fact that there's no footage of the shark attack. But rest assured, these divers are probably dead. And we cut to a nerdy dude and his attractive girlfriend driving an RV through the gorgeous landscapes of Panhandle, Florida. They go to some sort of backyard sea world run by Hulk Hogan's stunt double, and they see a little girl playing with a pair of dolphins. The girl greets them, and she comes out of the water, and it's revealed that she's in a wheelchair, a fact neither of these characters can hide their sadness about. <laughs> no poker faces. Jen, while we were watching, Jen goes, uh, why does she need help getting out? What's the deal? And then immediately puts her up, like, oh, don't you feel like a jerk? <laughs> well, I didn't know. That's why you don't judge. You never judge. And then a moment that I didn't mention, there's a, there's a scene, like right after that, there's a scene of Billy, Dag, and Bob and Larry walking that starts entirely too early. <laughs> like you see them like like standing still for a minute for like a quick second and then they start walking and they start the scene. <laughs> yeah, they they're on their mark. Yeah. And someone forgot to tell them to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, the camera's rolling. Uh go. And then we find out our nerdy guy's name is Billy, and then Susie's the girl in the wheelchair. Dag is her father, which is Hulk Hogan's stunt double. And she was paralyzed in an accident that claimed her mother's life and left him suicidal, which he is not ashamed to say. He doesn't but, seem suicidal. Yeah, he just says he lost the will to live. And, and very casually. Oh, yeah. He just, yeah, you know. She left me with no will to live. <laughs> just, you know, maybe you should see, uh, get some help for that. Well, that's, that's why I have 90s. seals. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> then Dag drops the fact that he's basically failing in his business, and then right on cue, the sheriff shows up to serve Dag an eviction. And then Larry threatens to rip off the balls of Sam Lewis, who's some rich guy but must own the land. And then they just change the subject out of nowhere as Billy talks about his research projects with the sheriff, and they're all really buddy-buddy. Then we cut to, immediately right after that, some sexy teens up to some beach shenanigans when a couple of them come across the dead body of one of the divers. And then we see the sheriff showing Billy the dead body on the beach. And they spew some dialogue straight out of Jaws as they argue about whether it was a speedboat propeller or a shark. But Billy says an autopsy is the only way to know for sure. So immediately cut to the autopsy, which confirms a shark attack. And then smash cut to Sam Lewis doing his best mayor from Jaws impression. It's one of the most inspired editing choices ever. <laughs> Remember earlier in the podcast, we talked about how the edits kind of step on each other and there were some mm -hmm. things you could cut out. At the beginning of the autopsy scene, they take a minute to rub like the aloe vera mm -hmm. on their nose, I guess the, to block the scent. Right, like of, the Vicks rub or something. Yeah, which is all well and good in real life, but we don't need to see that. We don't need to see three people apply it, right? 
<laughs> yeah, just very gingerly doing it. Like very like so much purpose. Like, you know, like <laughs> digging in there. That the cop like really puts some on, you know. It's like war paint for him. And then the the autopsy is all of like seven seconds long. Right. Yeah, it holds no weight. Yeah. It's not even an autopsy. He just opens the bag. It's like, yep, that's a shark attack. <laughs> right. It, 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 in Jaws, it has, like, you're, you're first introduced to Hooper pretty much there. Yeah. And you, you could tell this guy, he's he knows what he's talking about. Here, yeah. it's just a quick gloss over. Yeah, uh, that's a shark attack, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is all, like, the first eight minutes or so. Of this they, they, they go through this quick. Yeah. So then Smash got to Sam Lewis. Uh, he's trying to convince the sheriff that it was just a boating accident. Hey, that sounds familiar. But Billy says it could only have been done by a tiger shark. And then Smash cut to a sexy bikini babe on the beach. We got introduced to some more sexy teens, including Ronnie, some square-chinned rich kid that's the son of Sam Lewis. His sister Gloria is hot for Bob, Dag's son, who looks a bit like Billy Zane. And then Ronnie's friend sexually harasses some girls and gets called Dick Brain for his troubles. <laughs> oh, he, what is it? He's the, is he the Pussy Patrol? Yeah. Oh man, that's that's such a great line. <laughs> and then and the girls are like totally okay with it, like ooh. Yeah. Oh, you're so silly. Like today, that doesn't fly, man. Yeah. And then they and then he, they call him Dick Brain. Yeah. Which he was. Yeah. And a very not a very good looking like bully. You know what I'm saying? Like he he looks very he looks like he would be the bull like getting bullied. Right. Not yeah. the bully. I don't remember this guy's name. Tommy, I think. I think it's Tommy. And he makes it pretty far into the movie, I think. Yep. I think he lives. I think so. It's ridiculous. Uh no, he winds up on the boat at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I'm sure I, I might have missed when he died. Does he die like spectacularly? <laughs> he dies with the rest of them. He's the one he shoots the flare at the shark. Oh, okay. Yeah. Taken from Jaws 2, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that ends a little bit better for everybody than (laughs) Jaws 2. Ronnie goes home to his dad, who tells him about the supposed shark attack. His dad, again, is Sam Lewis. Ronnie convinces his dad that Dag is behind it as payback for the eviction and tells his dad that Bob and Gloria are getting cozy. So then Sam threatens to rip Bob's balls off. And then Ronnie says, don't worry about it. I got it taken care of. Then we get two unidentified sexy beachgoers. One, the guy looking like Alexander Godunov from Die Hard, who go, who go out for some quote-unquote night swimming and some of the least convincing day for day for night photography ever. Is is this when uh, she wants to bang him, but only in the water? Yeah, this is like, the Chrissy scene. The, yeah. They reenact the Chrissy death scene. Right, but he has a great reason for not going. Like it's freezing. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not going in there. I'm not going to bang you there. I'm, what's wrong with on the beach? <laughs> yes. But this isn't at night, really. This was shot at probably two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and they just threw a blue filter on. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, Which it's just all such a of the night reason. shoot is like is exactly like this. That's, I'll never. I love that scene just for the reason that it's too cold to go in and, and bang this chick. Yeah. Uh, then they reenact the Chrissy death scene. And at the aquarium, Gloria and Susie feed the dolphins. And then Dag says it's time for Susie to go to bed because it's quote-unquote nighttime. <laughs> it's and something then, resembling nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> Bob and Gloria go to the beach to talk and kiss, but then Ronnie shows up with a couple of goons. First, he slaps his sister and tells her to go home. Then he beats up Billy. Luckily, all of this is happening in the cover of midday. Otherwise, someone might have seen. <laughs> So then Ronnie and his goose go to the aquarium and try to feed the dolphins fish with rat poison. 
But the dolphins start making noise, so Ronnie and his buddies run off, leaving a bag of poison fish behind. But they do manage to throw in one of the fish that's been poisoned. Zach finds the bag and tells Bob to get Billy. And at the police station, the sheriff sees Alexander Godunov in, in a catatonic state. One of the officers tell him that he says his girlfriend was eaten by a shark, which this officer happens to find hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I'll just throw him in the drunk tank. No, people don't come in making up stories about their girlfriends being eaten by sharks, you jerk. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> you know, he, what do you think he was drinking? <laughs> is, he's clearly like he's clearly in a state of shock. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this guy's a fool. What? <laughs> Anything to not do your job, am I right? <laughs> a cab, man. Yep, big time here. Back at the aquarium, one of the dolphins that has eaten the fresh fish, so Billy had an Avet check on it. While it doesn't look good, they say it's going to be fine. Billy, then unprovoked, decides to watch a slideshow about sharks, and the sheriff shows up to tell him that he's been there's been another shark attack. And I guess you can't copyright dialogue or something because they lift lines directly from Jaws once again. All they know how to do is eat, swim, and make little baby sharks, was the exact line. At the aquarium, Sam shows up with some investors, and he tells Dag if he leaves the premises immediately, he'd pay him off. He'd give him a nice little lump sum of cash to kind of close up shop. So talking about, like, lifting lines straight from the movie, what's one line from Jaws that you wish they had put into this movie with no context? Good question. Oh, the fisherman on the on the pier that when Hooper tells him it's a tiger shark. A what? A what? <laughs> Gentlemen, could you point me in the direction of a uh, nice restaurant? Yeah, walk straight. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to die. That would have been pretty what? funny. Because <laughs> oh, they do have the tiger shark in this. Yep. Oh, and they're saying that the only way you're going to find out is if you cut open this shark. And see what and it's see yeah. And he even goes, it's probably the shark, just like yeah. Cooper does. Who knows? It probably to... is. It probably is very rare for these waters. <laughs> it's a predator. It's extremely rare for these waters. But you want to be sure. I want to be sure. But there's no Kittener kid to spill across the docks, unfortunately. Yeah. So Dag threatens Sam because he thinks he was behind the dolphin poisoning. And then Sam threatens to put Bob in a wheelchair, just like Susie, if he doesn't say, stay away from <laughs> Gloria. <laughs> his exact line is if your son doesn't stay away from my daughter you're gonna have to buy another wheelchair <laughs> it's a pretty good line I, I mean that's a really shitty thing to say to somebody but that with really his, gets the point across with his paralyzed daughter standing sitting right there <laughs> this total 80s villain line <laughs> it's a good line though right if you if you really want to come across as like you mean business yeah i don't give a fuck that your crippled daughter's right there <laughs> I'll say it. I'm rich. Uh, I think Sam Lewis is day drunk throughout this entire movie. <laughs> so he's he's uh, Robert Shaw. Yeah, because he's like he's always got a tie on, but it's always just a little bit undone. That, oh, that's what I, I wrote. That the only thing missing from this movie is just the ridiculous suits that oh, the mayor yeah. had. Yeah, that that's what this movie needed. <laughs> uh, and then a seal comes over and knocks Sam into the water. And then sometime later, the mayor's office, Sam and the sheriff meet up. Sam calls him obsessed about the shark. And the sheriff has one of my favorite line readings of this movie when he says, obsessed my ass. You can't talk to me that way. <laughs> uh, the sheriff wants him to close the beach. That sounds familiar. But then Sam says he'll pay for all the provisions in order to protect the regatta. Which, to be honest with you, if you're going to keep the beach open, 
the plan is is decent. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a well thought out plan. Right. I mean, they they have helicopters patrolling, mm-hmm. extra police, and they have the fishnets. Right. They have yeah. the cage kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're taking precaution. It's not just saying yeah, throwing caution to the wind here. Right. They do more than the mayor in Jaws does. Exponentially more. Yeah. So then Billy is about to go to Pound Town with his girlfriend Vanessa. But then the sheriff shows up saying he needs help with the shark cages that just showed up. And they forgot the mics on this particular day of filming. (laughs) And Vanessa freaks out, first giving Billy an ultimatum, and then tells Billy to throw himself off a a skyscraper and fuck himself in that order. Then she leaves with her (laughs) friend Glenda. Then Dag, meanwhile, reads Susie a bedtime story, and she falls asleep like she's being put to sleep. (laughs) Just a weird scene. scene. Which is a scene that does not need to happen at all. But you love it. You said this is your favorite scene. <laughs> the way the little girl decides that she would fall asleep at this moment is is just so inspired. <laughs> the, only, the only way you call it is inspired. I I feel like was this scene just kind of added in because it needed to fill out the runtime? I guess I feel like it's like not. Uh, how long is this? It's an hour thirty-four. So you could have did a ninety-minute movie without that scene. Yeah. The last four right. minutes. Like, what, is, what purpose does that scene serve, realistically? Nothing. I don't even Nothing, remember. Right? They have a little conversation before she pretends to sleep. Like, that's what it is. It feels like like it's a little girl that's like, oh, my God, Dad's coming. Pretends to be asleep, right? Right. right. This will be cute. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, off-putting. Mm. And then Vanessa and Glenda show up at the dance party. And Ronnie and his friends start sniffing around them immediately. Glenda knees Ronnie's buddy in the nuts, which seems like an overreaction for bad dancing. And Vanessa runs off to the beach with Ronnie. I forgot about that scene. The <laughs> dancing. That's from Jaws 3D. <laughs> yes. Right? They have like a dancing scene. Oh, that's right. One of the worst scenes from that movie into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, the beach of pa- uh, Vanessa runs off to the beach with Ronnie. The beach of passion, as Glenn- Glenda calls it. Because Billy shows up looking for for Vanessa, but she's already headed to the beach with Ronnie. Also on the beach, Gloria and and Bob are meeting in secret on the beach under the cover of mid-morning. They're sad because Bob will have to move away if his dad loses the aquarium. Vanessa and Ronnie do the annoying giggling thing on the beach, chasing after each other until they wind up in the water. Then Glenda and Michael show up. or I think think his name is Tommy. His name is not Michael. Tommy. I took a guess. took a stab at a generic name but it wasn't yeah. show up and pretend they're the police then a shark is coming for ronnie and vanessa as they run out of the water but they never realize it then the sh- then later the sheriff talks to reporters about the plan to secure the beaches which seems like a pretty sound plan more than any plan they enact in jaws we've got patrol boats we've got helicopters we've got cages as the sheriff watches from the beach he has to deal with a tourist acting asking him about the shark and if this is the beach where the shark is on it's a weird comic relief moment are they british they're either British or Australian. I couldn't really read the accent, but yes. Yeah, because it kind of co- goes back and forth a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, and why is it just one tourist? Yeah. I, I, I had written down, like, if they're Australian or British, because they're like, oh, we came all the way we came all the way here to see the shark. You came all the way from England? Yeah. To see a shark? That's a little, <laughs> that's a little excessive, friend. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> and and then they they stake out right next to the uh, the police watch out. Yep. <laughs> That's where they they put their their uh their picnic down. Yeah. Like oh wait, I think they're going to go now. 
<laughs> it's like some weird paparazzi. Let's follow this cop. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's a cop in the helicopter patrolling, and they see the shark, so they shoot at it, and they, they killed it, so they radio in for everyone to retrieve it. They take the shark out of the water, and Billy isn't quite sure that it's the shark that killed those people. Hey, that sounds familiar. And Billy says the only way to be sure is to cut open the shark and see what it's eaten. Hey, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Wait, he, does he say the bite radius doesn't match? Uh, he doesn't say those exact lines. He says the jaw size or something like that. Okay. But same type yeah, of... Same idea. Yeah. That sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, it definitely does. And then the Coast Guard drags in the boat from the beginning, and Sam Lewis says that it was just an accident, and they need to get rid of the shark carcass. And then the regatta show happens. Sam Lewis has his own cheerleaders for some reason, and hey, we get a Confederate flag on one of the boats. <laughs> well, yeah, ni- uh, 90s Florida. Yeah. I could see that. And Bob and Ronnie get their respective windsurf boards and gear. Billy throws out the crazy theory that it's almost as if someone has trained the shark to attack and kill, and I really wish... That were the case. Yeah, they, they really should have leaned more heavily onto that idea. Yeah. And then Vanessa shows up looking for Billy like she wasn't about to bang Ronnie in the water the night before. Then Ronnie sees Bob and Gloria get cozy and threatens to rip Bob's balls off. Third time someone's balls are threatened to be ripped off. Then the race begins and Ronnie and Bob are right on top of each other. Uh, meanwhile, the shark is trying to break into the regatta. And it does. Roddy knocks Bob off his board. And then everyone on shore sees the shark who starts wrecking people. Though it's such a mishmash of shots, it's impossible to tell who gets attacked. And Ronnie has a hilarious fall off of his board. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then just straight chaos ensues. People push each other into the water. Docs get pulled into the water. Vanessa pushes Susie's wheelchair into the water and then goes in after her. Billy doesn't quite help Vanessa out of the water and she screams and we cut away. The hospital... Susie is all right, but she's in shock. Hey, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I was waiting for her to say she wanted uh, ice cream. Coffee flavored. Coffee flavored. <laughs> Dag tells her that Vanessa is going to be okay. Dag, the sheriff, and Billy confront Sam Lewis, who shows up at the hospital. They tell Sam that he has to offer a $100,000 reward to kill the shark, and Billy reveals that Vanessa was killed by the shark. Dag and Billy give the rundown. Then Dag and me later... Dag and Billy give the rundown about sharks to Ronnie and his friends before they go shark hunting with some dialogue vaguely reminiscent of, sh- of Jaws. And then, what I was hoping would be the reveal of the quint of this movie, it just turns out to be some sort of mob enforcer putting the screws on Sam Lewis. Ronnie and his friends load up Sam's boat with some guns. Dag, Bob, and Billy also send out their boat as well. And during this moment, there's no other way to describe it. The Star Wars theme plays. <laughs> <laughs> it's the very beginning, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it's weird because it, it wells it does the well up and then it trails off into a different song like yeah. it, it crescendos up to the original theme and then kind of like oh shit we can't play this and it needs to be somewhat different <laughs> it's yeah it... <laughs> and it happens more than once yep <laughs> so so that's not not one movie that they rip off that's a second movie that they take uh i had to rewind it i literally I'm like wait a minute <laughs> that couldn't have been quick fast uh quick rewind that that star wars yep how did one they john not get williams, su- one john williams after another right how did they not get sued into oblivion it's fascinating i guess it's one no of the one... many fascinating things about this movie uh uh what's his name must have had some pictures on uh on <laughs> these people he had some dirt yeah and once they're on the boat it's evident that Dag is the quint of this movie, which is disappointing, as he says, dialogue directly lifted from Jaws. 
Ronnie and his goon. Said brother at the end of them. What was that? <laughs> if he just like put the like the word brother at the end of them. Yeah, because he's making caught underneath the boat, brother. <laughs> he's making fun of Billy's uh, equipment. Like I don't know what this job's gonna do about that. Probably eat it. <laughs> piano wire. <laughs> Stingray chew right through this piano wire. Don't tell me my business, brother. <laughs> Ronnie and his goons see the shark and start shooting at it. I kind of love how this movie has what is basically Johnny Lawrence in a Jaws movie. <laughs> He gets a clear shot with the uh, the shotgun, mm-hmm. and he for some reason he hesitates. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, it's never explained. Is it supposed to be he's terrified? I guess. Shoot it! Shoot it! They do the whole mother's roast thing for the fishing of the shark. Eventually, Ronnie tries to shoot at the shark. The shark attacks the boat. Ronnie falls into the water, and then his idiot friends blow themselves up by combining an emergency flare and gasoline. Then, Dag's boats get stuck, uh, so Bob goes under the boat to unstick the rudder, which has somehow gotten a rope tied around it. And it turns out they're right on top of the Cleveland wreckage. And the Coast Guard calls all the boats into the area. Sheriff boards a helicopter and heads to find the shark. And they do the whole mother's roasts from the helicopter thing again. And the helicopter pilot says, you're going to need a bigger helicopter. Ah, uh, boo. <laughs> the shark catches the line and the helicopter starts to struggle against the weight of the shark. The sheriff takes what can only be a rubber assault rifle and shoots at the shark. But the shark manages to pull the helicopter out of the air, and the shark falls into the water hilariously. <laughs> it's the problem is it's all like when we say the shark, we really mean like quick shots of the shark's teeth. Yes. And just chaos. Yes. You never really get a clean shot of the shark. Every shark attack is very abstract. Yes. They they, they took the whole idea that. It, what's what you can't see is scary and kind of put it to 11 because they didn't have the budget to do this yeah so it's like yeah man everything is the shark anytime we zoom into the water that's the fucking shark there's no mystery <laughs> so the mob guy shows back up at the lewis household and he's putting his two best men in charge of capturing the shark some sort of greaser and a jimmy buffett fan Gloria hears her dad talking to the mob guy and goes to warn Dag about it. And Sam slaps the shit out of her and forces her back into her room. Dag, Billy, and Bob look over some maps. Billy says he thinks the shark lives in the Cleveland wreckage. And his plan is to fill the wreckage with dynamite and blow it up with the shark. Then all of a sudden, Gloria sneaks out of the house and shows up and makes it to Dag to tell him that the goons are putting them in danger. Because they're there to wipe them out, basically, to get them off the property. So they go running to make sure Gloria and the aquarium are okay. And then Billy stops... Thinks about going to take the map with him, but then decides against it and runs out. <laughs> it was such a weird moment where, like, he, he runs out the room, then comes back in. He's like, oh, maybe I should take the map. He's like, no, I'm going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> eh, whatever. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I, and also, does the I might have missed this in The Godfather. Does the Italian mob have extensive training on taking out sharks? Uh Hmm. I don't remember that scene in Godfather. Maybe right, the new yeah. Godfather three cut is, like, shows it. Like Mr. Green doesn't, uh, right, Mr. Green doesn't take out one of Don Corleone's sharks. <laughs> is that, does that happen? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm Mo Green. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. Like I get that they're they're taking the part of the book, like like we said earlier, the part of the book where the mafia just is really like putting the screws to the the mayor. Yeah. But that's all it really needed to be here. You don't need it to go any further than, hey, uh, if you don't open up this city or this town, we're going to have problems. Yes. Uh, 
And if this movie wasn't already ridiculous, these two guys make it that much more ridiculous. Yeah. It's uh oh, what legs and uh from the Simpsons, legs and who are the fat Tony pretty much. I can't think of the other guy. Yeah, I just know the the one guy who has the squeaky voice. That's yeah. uh like the high pitched voice is legs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You want me to, um, should I take them out gangland style or executioner <laughs> style? Surprise me. Listen to your heart. Uh, yeah, the other one is the one that says, I'm seeing double, full crusties. Which <laughs> yeah, might be that, the greatest <laughs> joke in, the, in Simpsons history. It's a good one, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't know his name, though. Yeah. As they run across the street, the two mob goons see them run by, so they go to where Dag and his crews were, run, were running from. They steal the map. The one that Billy <laughs> thought about going back to get, but then left. And then managed to knock out Bob and Larry and sabotage Dags' boat. Then the mob doofuses board a boat and set out to find the shark, one of the guys wearing the tightest spandex ever. Meanwhile, Dag is dealing with their sabotage, but then he hits the engine once with a wrench and it starts to work again. It's Dag and his crew say goodbye to Susie and Gloria and head off. And the mob doofus's plan is undone immediately, as there really doesn't seem to be much of a plan because the one that goes diving for the shark immediately gets eaten, and the one on the boat also just gets eaten. And then Dag and Billy's boat hit the open water, and the Star Wars theme plays again. Dag and Bob prepare some dynamite as Billy and Larry navigate back to the Cleveland wreckage. They drop anchor, and Billy, Bob, and Larry dive to set the dynamite in the wreckage. So we watch the guys set the the dynamite and charges in languid detail, bringing this movie, which was constantly at a chaotic pace, to an absolute screeching halt. Meanwhile, Dag cracks a beer and spots the shark finally. So he starts shooting at the shark and the shark swims away. Guys make it back to the boat, except for Billy. Billy is still in the wreckage for some reason, though it's also unclear to see because of the manic editing. So then Bob decides that he's going to go get him without wearing his full scuba suit, which can't make it any easier. But eventually he finds Billy and gets him out of there, but then sees the fuse has broken, so he has to stay behind to tie it as the shark is bearing down on him. He gets out just in time, and the shark blows up in a few different shots that are borrowed from other movies, and our heroes cheer as the shark explodes into a million pieces. But they don't see it. No, no, we never see it. Just just stock footage of it blowing up. It's great when the shark blows up. It's kind of like a... It's basically like someone glued the puppet in two pieces and then just pulled it apart. (laughs) Just boop! Just like a nice little perfect explosion, just like... You know, in, in Jaws, when he blows up, there's chunks of yeah. of shark everywhere. This is just a clean little boop. They're gone. <laughs> Split them in twain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I love it. And then they celebrate uh, Dag's Aquarium as Sam Lewis presents Dag a check for the reward money before he gets pushed into the water thanks to a seal. And then, as Dan mentioned, we end... On a close-up of a little girl's face smiling who is in desperate need of pair of braces. Oh, it's the worst ending shot of all time, I think. Because and, they, they, yeah. they, they close in on two different people, right? So it's like the girl in the wheelchair and then someone else. And it's then Hogan. back Yes. And then back to the girl in the wheelchair and her <laughs> jacked up teeth. <laughs> Why would you end it there? The poor girl. Yeah. Like, we didn't know her teeth were jacked up until that very moment. <laughs> right. Yeah, that poor girl. Like, why you gotta do her dirty like that, man? <laughs> and that's the end of Cruel Jaws. What a wild, wild movie. It was a ride. It was something. Yeah. I don't know uh, what to make of it. I don't know. I had a little, I had a lot of fun with this one. It was it was so weird. And it's, and it's, they packed so much in. 
Yes, too much. Way too much. And then it like at the last ten minutes it just there just stops and it's so much just diving footage. Yeah, it, and I agree. I think if you were gonna go for it, like they really should have went with the whole yeah this shark was trained by the like some military or scientist to go after uh, other country scuba divers or yeah. whatever. But yeah, you really should lean into that because that's fucking crazy. That would be amazing. That I really thought that was going to be. Crazy. I thought there was going to be a twist. It was going to be like, oh my god, like Sam Lewis was behind it all along, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that would have at least separated you from Jaws mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, it's also weird that Sam Lewis doesn't really get his comeuppance. It's a good point. He gets pushed into the pool, although I guess the mayor never gets his comeuppance because I think he might even get reelected. In yeah, the he's in, he's both in Jaws and Jaws too. Yeah. So, but I think in Jaws 2, he's a little bit more cautious, right? I think so. He like when uh, when Brody is saying shark again, I think he he is a little bit more not as much of a dick. Sure. But yeah, he doesn't really. His son almost gets eaten by the shark, but that's about the, it. The mayor. Yeah, my kid was in that pond too. Yeah, yeah. Sam Lewis kid gets blowed up. And he doesn't act like it, that happened. Yeah, I guess you were running out of time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was fun. If you, <laughs> if you like Jaws, this is this is just a fascinating watch because it's unapologetic in mm-hmm. just the sheer fact that it's stealing things from from such a classic. Yeah, I, I do like how he just he doesn't he doesn't just take one piece. He takes several. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it could have been so easy to just say, yeah, I'm going to take a couple things here and there. It's like, nope, we're pretty much remaking Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> we dare you to sue us. <laughs> You're right. And, and he's Italian, so he's like, I guess he's just, I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's whatever. Come at me, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck suing me from another country, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, again, I, there were parts that I really enjoyed and I had fun watching. And then there were other parts where I just, man, I, I would check the time. Like, wow, I can't believe I still have X amount of time left. Mm. And I can't believe they're still ripping this off. And I can't believe I heard the Star Wars theme twice. <laughs> I, it's a yeah. nice little treat that you weren't expecting. Yeah, that's true. The first time, that was fun. And the second time, I was like, they did it again. <laughs> What was the point of that? And, and the music cue doesn't really match up. No. Because they're just like, they're getting ready to set sail. And then all of a sudden, what is going on here? <laughs> it's not quite as epic as they wanted it to be, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got to say. You want to plug your shit? Sure. Uh, again, uh, at Diaquino122, my Twitter. Uh, also, I'll, I'll do... Mark's little rundown here. Uh, at Stranger Damies is our Twitter and Instagram handle. Uh, come follow us there. Uh, we have new episodes every Wednesday, and we are on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, anywhere you get your podcast from, we're there. Uh, we also are streaming our sessions now. We do that on uh, Game Vault Pod. I don't know the exact twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod. There you go. So, yeah, we're on the Game Vault pod, so just do that. Twitch.tv dot Game Vault pod slash Game Vault pod. Anthony just said it. I fucked it up already. Regardless. Uh, we that So we stream there on Sundays. Uh, just check the Twitter and you'll 
see that and go follow game vault pod as well at game vault pod on twitter and uh on instagram they they talk a lot about uh cool video games and that's mark my wife jen and our friend tom who are also a part of stranger damies so go check it out great yes and we are they call this movie you can find us on Spreaker and wherever you get your podcast, just by searching They Call This a Movie. We are the mainDamie.com. That's our main website where we post all our podcasts, including Stranger Damies and Gay Vault Pod. You can find it the mainDamie.com, and that's also our uh, socials. So at the mainDamie is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for the mainDamie and we will pop right up. We're also proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by looking for Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. Us, Top Ten with TS, Seen and Nerd, kind of nerdy girls. Bunch of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, surely there is a show for you. If you're into the Snyder Cut, I know there's probably going to be a whole bunch of reviews from them because they're excited for it. Um, We're not covering it, right? I'm not. Yeah, I, I have no plans on watching it. and uh, I don't have HBO Max anymore, so I can't. Yeah, I, I do. I can't sit for four hours and watch something like that. Yep, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to go on the shelf with The Irishman, Silence, movies that just I'm not watching because they're way too long. But that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, for Cruel Jaws, the director is Bruno Mattei, also known as William Snyder. So, for Dan, the aforementioned Mark, who is no longer with us for today, maybe he'll be back next week, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Bruno Mattei, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.